The Vietnam War was a conflict in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia from 1955 to 1975 that took the lives of more than 58,000 Americans. The war saw President Kennedy's assassination ended the presidency of Johnson and left a negative impression on Nixon's time in office. While there are so many topics we could touch on regarding Vietnam, but for this episode we'll be looking at the draft, its history, and how today's politics could make us question is fighting for your country a choice or a duty? At the moment, we're in a state of considerable panic and anxiety. All systems go! I did not have sexual relations with that one. Miss Lawrence. Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Place your bets. So I'm welcoming Ed. Hi. What are you making that face for? You didn't like my intro? I thought your intro was spot on. It's just, it's very captivating. Thank you. I wrote it myself. With a little help from my friend Wikipedia. It, the, the citations seem just spot on. Yeah, I tried. So how's it going? Going good. How are you? I'm doing good. This is my uh, first time back doing this podcast for a while. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad I can join you on your return. To the <laughs> I took a little sabbatical. Uh, just chilled out for a couple months. <laughs> kept you. You just had them waiting for more. You just kept them. You know, like just on the edge of their seat, just just waiting for that more morsel. Yeah, you got to pull them in like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, today we're talking about Vietnam. Uh, my first question, because we're gonna really heavily talk uh or focus on the draft is have you ever heard of the word conscription no no i have not cool uh because essentially (laughs) most people haven't um the draft uh is is conscription so it's essentially compulsory enlistment for service like into the armed forces selective service nowadays exactly right um, do you know the wars that the draft was implemented on? Um, I believe it was, it was Vietnam. Oh, well, I was going to say there oh. are five. Okay. So put Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Korean. Those I have put into one number because they consider it the Cold War. So yes. Okay. So the Cold War. So now I have four more. Correct. Uh, World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um... The one before that. Is Grenada considered a war? No. Okay. World War One. Yes. <laughs> I don't really count World War One because they said it was going to be the war to end all wars, and you know what? They just lied about it just for more money. So I don't really, I don't really consider that. <laughs> they did that draft one. people though. <laughs> I don't, I don't consider that one really to happen because yeah, you know, World War One. Fuck they, that. They, 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 they were, they lied to us about that one. So yeah. fine. World War One, World War Two, the Cold mm-hmm. War. Yeah. Um. I don't believe anyone was drafted for uh, Desert Storm or anything like that. No. So I'm, I'm going to say uh, I, I can name three, Alex. <laughs> what is three out of five? Yes. Um, well, uh, if we throw it back a little bit further, what was the war before World War One that the United States had? The Civil War? Correct. Oh, there was a draft for that? There was. Wow, okay. The more okay. you know. Uh, and the one before that, like the biggest one. I don't know. For me, the Civil War is kind of a big deal. I kind of the, think the Civil one. War. 
I, ha- I have a really good ventures interest in the Civil War. I'm, so. I know. <laughs> it was a big, it was a big one. Yes. Uh, but the one that like started the country. The Revolutionary War? Yeah. Okay. American Revolution, yeah. Uh, so those are the, the five, if you will. Uh, the American Revolution, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say necessarily drafted because it was more so just, you know, everyone wanted to come over here. It was the whole thing. We fought. And then we won. It was done. Uh, the Civil War, though, was the biggest one that, like, we actually had a problem with, I guess. Well, like, the like, Civil War also, I, I do know there was, I didn't know about, actually about the draft, but I do know that there was motivation to enlist um, mm-hmm. on on both sides. Um, if people were, if slaves in the South mm-hmm. enlisted and fought on behalf of the South, they would be granted their freedom. Correct. Um, which I don't understand how that would have worked if slavery would have been everywhere, how people got free, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, so there was a motivation for that aspect of it. I don't know if there was drafting per se along in the South. It might have just been forced um, enlistment. Yeah. I mean, it was essentially forced enlistment, yeah. which, I mean, right. drafting is forced right. enlistment in general. But, it like, the Civil War was the biggest one where it's, like, you, you actually could pay someone to go for you. So oh, okay. you could pay someone uh, to take your place um, or, uh, you know, say, hey, like, same scenario. Uh, I'll free you if you go fight the Civil War for me. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a big thing till World War One. Uh, so Civil War was the first one that saw like huge resistance against the draft. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the movie um, Gangs in New York? That's the one with or Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was in that too. Yeah. Never saw that. <laughs> well, that's the one though. <laughs> um, he had a he had a, a top hat, right? Yeah. And gangs are very colorful, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I thought I when I watched that I was watching actually like a prequel to the Joker film because everyone mm-hmm. was just really colorful and I just like gangs don't look like that. I grew up with like you know boys in the hood, just totally different gangs. So <laughs> completely uh, different scenario. Could, couldn't relate to that. Yeah, it it was basically a a throwback to the New York draft riots. Just a bunch of people getting upset that they didn't want to fight in the Civil War. Fair enough. Um, but then if we go a little bit further. Uh, in 1917, so bringing back World War One, um, Woodrow Wilson was like, listen, uh, in order to kind of remedy the stupid shit that we did in the Civil War, um, we can just say that, like, everyone has to go. You can't, you can't pay people, you can't, like, make someone go for you. Okay. Um, and they essentially made it a little bit easier so that the campaigns they did. So, you know, like, back in World War One and Two, when they're, like, you know, what's the word? Those big posters that they had? Propaganda? Yeah, basically, the propaganda, like, I hey, want, war bonds. We want you. Exactly. Um, but the Looney Tune cartoons are basically, <laughs> yeah, talking about war bonds. Exactly. That's where World yeah. War One was, like, hey, you should fight, because fighting's great. And, uh... And we're going to smash all the other propaganda that says it's not. Right. So everyone just thinks that it's a good thing. Propaganda, actually World War One and World War Two, I think, were the beginning where propaganda was used as a weapon in the war to try yeah. to turn people on other sides against to, to a cause or bend a sympathetic ear to the other side. Yeah. 
Yeah. World War One was interesting. Um, World War Two kind of also was another interesting one because it, uh, there was a draft, but a large majority of people enlisted. Right. Well, it was like quote unquote the good war. It was it was trying to it was fighting against the ultimate evil, the axis of evil. Right. Um, once again, but honestly, I mean, and I'm not saying they were not, but it's propaganda at the most best form of marketing possible, mm-hmm. where we branded these guys the axis of evil. Who's not going to want to fight against a group called the axis of evil? Right, and we got, I mean, we really didn't want to get into that war in general, and then we got bombed by the right. Japanese, so it, I mean, I can kind of see it, like, when 9-11 happened, and there was, know, like there a was, huge uprising. There, uh, there was a spike in enlistments at that point, Exactly, right. so when we believe that something is a worthwhile cause, right. we're way more likely to enlist. I think it was a fourth of the United States actually enlisted. During World War Two, and a lot of women actually, even though they couldn't fight or go go the actual war, um, I know a lot of women like worked in factories, worked in lines. Rosie DeRiveter came from that option. I feel like I would have done really well on that timeline. No, no, you're stocky. You could, you know, you could have been had. <laughs> I, 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 I can see childbearing I, hips. You, no, 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 no. God, no. You'd have been on the line, baby. Stocky. You'd, you'd, you'd have been like That's like not a compliment. You'd have been riveting like some wings onto a jet or something like that. You'd have been. You'd have been killing it. Uh, I feel like you think that's a compliment, which is really all that matters. It, it's it it. It's getting hot in here. I don't know Woo! what to tell you. It's getting warm. Well, okay, so let's let's fast forward to Vietnam. Um, so Vietnam, speaking of the propaganda, is the first like live action televised war. Uh, seeing the nature of war up close. So how old are you? 45. All right. So you're like right in the timeline of enlistment, technically. I mean, um, if the draft was going to affect, what were the age limits of the draft? Well, uh, technically, <clears throat> all male citizens between the ages of 18 and 25 have to register. Um, and that would be the, the ballpark of what would have to go. Wasn't, but, wasn't there like ways out like if you were the youngest of a family or you're the only child or stuff like that um yes but no so like uh let's say there was a draft right yep uh if there is a draft and they lengthened it because it's typically the 18 to 25 if it was like vietnam where they said we have to have more people they could go anywhere from 17 to 45 gotcha um, and then you're right that there were a lot of like loopholes, if ands or buts. Um, so Kennedy, when the war first started, said that married men with children were kind of at the bottom of the tier. So there you go, you're at the bottom of the tier. I'm as far the DJ as Honeycutt of the group. <laughs> they called him Kennedy Husbands. There we go. That was a nickname. Um, and then anyone that was just uh, married was you know like above that. So okay. you could so. kind of scoot away without uh, having to go. Look <laughs> like I made all the right life choices right now. You clearly did. Um, and then, I mean, at least like for me, um, college attendees were also able to avoid the draft. Yeah. Um, depending on if they were in college or even like graduate students, you had to um, take like a test to requalify each year uh, if you actually were allowed to you know not have to go 
Um, and then my the other thing I found hilarious was that divinity students were exempt. Divinity. Divinity. Like get, uh, in people in the priesthood and all that. Yeah, like priests and rabbis. I mean, it's, you don't really. Don't there work. was a, like a huge uh, increase in they, the ministry. They got that whole <laughs> thing like when when the when the rules is what thou shalt not kill. I mean, that one of the commandments. I mean. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they, that's the that's the rule book. That's their uh, code of conduct. Their I don't guy. think I could do the uh, celibacy. That's a totally different podcast. <laughs> That's a totally different a whole nother ballpark. That's a whole whole another whole another thing. Well, in uh, '65, they actually when uh, when Johnson showed up. Um, well, I guess two years after Johnson showed up, they he changed the whole um, shebang. It was like, all right, people can't just be married and have kids and scoot out of the enlistment. So. Uh, he ended that, ended the deferment, and a whole bunch of people got married, like, lickety-split. Okay. Same kind of scenario with the ministry. <laughs> it was a large insurgence of people getting married, so they um, wouldn't... Love was in bloom. Oh, <laughs> so cute for the baby boomers. Because, um, I mean, as far as the lottery, which started in 69... It was anyone born between 44 and 50. So it was kind of a uh, a large group of people that were chosen randomly. Um, I just want to like point out that Roger is trying to give Ed love right now. Well, you, you're the one that's saying you couldn't be a celibate priest. So oh, guess, he's humping you. I guess the dog is following the truth. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's not even just giving you love. He's, he's trying no. to hump you. No, he's all in it. There's something about the sniffs. He just wants to be a part of the group. We have it on video, too. <laughs> This is no longer child We're recording. <laughs> it's so good. Um, <laughs> to get back to serious things. <laughs> He's upset. And so you listen to though Roger is your dog. Yeah. Fair enough. I didn't teach him that. Well, no, just so they know. They don't, I don't need some small person named Roger trying to hump my leg. No, oh, Roger is your dog. Yeah, if you can't see, Roger is my dog. He's a Maltese and a poodle. So he's a tiny white fluff ball. Trying to hump Ed. Um, while we talk about enlisting. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's uh, let's throw it back to Vietnam. Um, do you know anything about like current timeline as far as the draft goes? So let's like let's go all the way to now, two thousand nineteen. Do you know what the rules are for conscription? Um, or throughout the, I believe they call it, the selective services system. Um, I know when you turn 18, you have to register. True. Um, that's the best I know. I did that when I turned 18. I registered, and I never really thought anything about it after that. I grew up in that period of time where it was literally a commercial on television. When you're 18, register selective service, it's the law. Like, there was actually commercials about this on television. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, you're goes, like a whole, I don't know, like, not to make you feel old, but you're like oh, a I different uh, generation than I am. Well, yeah. Essentially. So, well, it goes back to what I was saying about, like, propaganda and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. That was a major thing. Did you know Captain America was actually released during the first year of World War One, but a year before Pearl Harbor? Hmm. And it actually had yeah. him punching Hitler out in the cover. Oh, okay. 
So once I knew we, it was in the World right. War One ballpark. I mean World War Two. Or World War Two. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But once he actually. Um, the number is important. Right. The number <laughs> is important. But like it was like once we entered the war, he became a like a like, like super a, soldier. He was already the super soldier. He was he, he was actually called Super American when he first came out. Mm. But um, they uh, renamed the name. They read his name to Captain America. But um, he became like a really good like a sense of like propaganda or marketing for the American um, forces. Um, Superman promoted war bonds. Hmm. Um, it's just, it, it, it's a way to touch on not only the, I've always thought, and this kind of goes with the draft, the patriotic nature of Americans and a young male is the best way to, to approach that is at that time, superheroes are comic book characters. When I was growing up, it was, multiple ads on television about joining selective service, about signing up for selective service because it's the law. Mm. Um, a lot of schools, um, especially like inner city schools, have the military show up for career yeah. days and stuff like that. My school was actually very interesting growing up in Philadelphia. Um, my school allowed it for a minute, but what, several of the teachers told them to leave. So they said that African Americans had better options than just signing up for college. I mean, just signing up for going to college, but had better options. The teachers said that. No, the teachers said that African Americans had better options for signing up for going to college instead of signing up for the military. Okay. We have better options signing up and going to college instead of going to the military. Well, that's the thing too with uh, Vietnam and maybe World War Two, but primarily Vietnam is that if you did enlist, because a large amount of people enlisted during vietnam so even though the draft was a huge thing uh, a lot of people enlisted especially college educated men because they could actually get a better position um in what they were doing within the military if they enlisted rather than even if they had a college degree if they were drafted they would just kind of be thrown wherever they wanted right um once again revision not revisionist history but going back and trying to soft sell some of the the, um, the issues in regard to that like uh, MASH was a prime example oh yeah um, Hawkeye BJ all them they were drafted mm-hmm. but they were doctors they got drafted and they became like captains and majors and stuff like that they yeah. weren't group but like um, it was a situation where I think looking back on it when you have a uh, a world or a country that's trying to bulk up that population, and mm-hmm. i.e. the military, they're going to do what they have to do to get bodies into it. Right. So. Interesting. I do like MASH. Oh, MASH is my favorite show. I yeah. didn't appreciate it when I was younger. I remember it was on CBS when I was a kid growing up, and I hated it, and I never watched it. I thought it was a dumb show. And it, <laughs> No, I literally thought, I was like, why is this even on right now? There's sh- I want to watch the Jeffersons. Why is this even on right now? I remember thinking that. But then when um, I got in my, like, I want to say 21, 22, uh, and it was, like, in syndication, um, I couldn't sleep one night, and I just watched a couple episodes at, like, 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and I became... Ooh, Nick at Night? Ho- no, it was... Uh, I remember it being on Nick at Night. It was, no, it was, I didn't have, I didn't have cable at that point. It was on, like, um... Same thing. We were just talking about Facts of Life. I remember right. that being on Nick at Night. It was, it was on the, it was on the Fox... <laughs> Uh, the Fox affiliate after hour type show. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like it was a channel twenty nine back where I was at. But in the day. Back in the day, yes. So I was on twenty nine, and I, uh, 
I remember watching it and becoming just like hooked on it. And like, I literally, I think I've seen every episode of MASH so far. And I think I, it's on Hulu now. I can still watch it. If yeah. it comes on, I would watch it. Uh, I liked, was it Klinger? The one that dressed in drag? Yeah, I never, when I was younger, I never fully understood like why that was funny, but I, not funny, but just the uh, implications of it. And like now, like clearly now I do. Right. I'm a 30 year old woman. But uh, back then, I just thought, like, Oh, it's like he's dressed up as a woman. That's fun. Well, it's just in the same thing. Is but it um, makes sense now if you watch it. I had a friend growing up who. Uh, but he was still there, which is funny. Yeah, I had a friend of mine growing up. Um, his name was Mike. He was Jewish, mm. and we would sit and watch like in the on the summer in the afternoons, watch just TV shows. And he told me one day, one of the shows that we watched, he wasn't allowed to watch anymore. Hogan's Heroes. Wow. Never understood why. It's a comedy show, right? Right. But it's a comedy show based in a Nazi prisoner of war camp during World War Two. Oh, yeah. 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 That's not real funny setting if you really think about not it. Not really. I found out later his grandmother walked in when they, she was visiting him watching an episode. No. And she was Jew. Yeah, she, she survived the camp. Oh, wow. And she saw that and she just started screaming. God, I'm blaming. And his parents were like, and his parents, his parents never really thought about two and two Either, together. yeah. Yeah, until that. And then he was like, wow. And like, to this day, I, I don't watch Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Because of that. That makes sense. I mean, Bob Kane, rest in peace. You're a good guy. I just never watched it. Was it? Uh, Schultz like, nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> uh, Corporal, no, it was. um. Corporal Clink, or Colonel Clink. Colonel Clink, yes. Yeah. The, you know, the, only, <laughs> the only reason I know that reference is from The Simpsons. There we go. I know a lot of references from The Simpsons. Simpsons is a bastion of pop culture references. It really is. I learned a lot of things from that. Um, and I'm not, I don't regret it whatsoever. Not sorry about it. Um, well, going back towards what is now going on with uh, the draft and, mm-hmm. and enlistment. Um, around 1980s, uh, Jimmy Carter kind of reinstated the requirement that men needed to register with the Selective Service System. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, in order to serve in an emergency or uh, Congress and the president in national crisis can call out um, instituting the draft, but we're largely an all-volunteer army mm-hmm. at this point. So if you want to go, you can, um, but... If you believe it's uh, a duty versus uh, the ability to, you know, choose, you have one or the other. I think a lot of stuff now, too, like, if you look at Trump with, at least for me personally, like Korea um, and now with Syria and a lot of different things that are going on in Asia, the Middle East, um, and just the fact that. I personally believe he's not doing the best job uh, possible. What if something were to happen in terms of the draft? What if we went to war? What if another 9-11 happened and in order to get a bigger uprising of people going over, we had to institute another draft? Maybe I'm crazy. Um, That's up for debate. But no, but may, continue. Possibly, I think I, I could be yes. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm crazy, but I I think what could happen, and as time goes by, I think it could happen more and more. Is there's already been on record 
people in the military, high-ranking officials, that when the question of, we're giving this man the nuclear football, we're giving him the keys to the code. The sure. code. Yeah. He's got it all. He's got them all. They've even said, and they've never, I've never heard anyone say this before, it's not that easy for the president to launch a missile. Even colonels have no. said, even colonels and people who would be with the president and that would control the launching of nukes said, the president doesn't have the final say. Since Trump coming to office, I feel we've gotten a lot more information about what is needed for a president to fire off a nuclear missile. I fully agree with you. I don't think right. that the president has the final say. He can't right. press a button. But the thing is, we but. never really knew that. Up until all the other presidents, I believe everyone has pretty much assumed the president would open up the thing and go, all right, fire, bam, code goes, it just launches. But if you but if you look at, like, George, uh, George W. Bush, right. and you look at 9-11, right. it doesn't necessarily have to be, and I'm not saying anything no, 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 against no, no, Bush's but, term. No, 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 no. Just let, but no, go ahead. This is leading into something. Okay, yeah, this is leading into something. Because there's already that, I believe, people that are like, you know, don't worry, he doesn't have that much control. There's already that trepidation by high people in the military. If Trump did something to declare a war, which they've even already said, the president, and they've, they've gone to explain this, the president just can't declare a war. I feel like the bigger issue wouldn't be, would there be a draft? Would any, would the question would be, would anyone support it? Oh, of course not. That's if the there question. was a draft, no one would support no, it, no, but no, that no. doesn't mean that it's not legal. No, no, no. Not saying people would support the draft. Would the people support in the military the follow Trump? But, I feel like you would see first before a draft would come to play, you would see people in the military actually maybe revolt against Trump. But the way I see it, just to because yeah. I agree with what you're saying, uh, I'm looking at it more in the 2001 spectrum. Not okay. not that not that it we just pick a war and go to it. Right. But that there's some sort of catalyst that causes it to happen from all of the things that the president has done incorrectly. Right. That catalyst then. Um, Let's say ISIS bombs something else right. that strikes a catalyst in us going to another war, or we somehow piss off Korea and then there's a bomb somewhere. Then we go to war because of said bomb or right. because of said bombing. Right, and I agree. Then I, we go to war because I mean, I, wouldn't you think that the um, the military guys would just like nine eleven have to then say, okay, we're we're now in a position where we have to fight for ourselves? I don't know. See, I don't and here's my only reason. There's a big there's a big huge difference between that and what could happen now. And that huge difference yeah. is Trump. And I literally believe some of those military people would believe he cannot lead us in this. No, but that doesn't mean we wouldn't go to war. It requires more than just Trump to say we go to war. True. And I feel like But you don't think if someone bombed us, let's just if, if somebody bombed us and everything lined up and they said we go to war, mm-hmm. that we're going by that narrative, um, I would say, uh, and the draft came back into play, you'd have a lot more. You'd have a lot of civil unrest. You'd have a lot of because you're not wrong. If right. uh, even even with nine eleven, like we didn't instill a draft. No, you're right. I um, just I just feel like that at some point somebody in the military higher up, like a colonel or something like that, would just go. Yeah, sir, you may be the president, but you're dead wrong. We're not doing this. And then Trump will be in Trump. will just start flexing his guns. But you don't think he would fire that said person and then just get someone new that will agree with him? That's them? the problem in the military. You just can't fire somebody like that. Yeah, but they're part of the got, government, not just got, the military. But you got troops who support other people. Think of how most coups happen. Think of how 
other military regimes become in power and overthrow a government. Someone in that military had followers. Someone in the military mm-hmm. had people that believed in that didn't believe in the existing status quo structure. How hard do you believe that Trump fired general whatever or so and so? He might not have about a whole platoon of troops at a at a couple bases that might be loyal to him. That could lead to a civil war in America itself before anything even came down to it. Um, I mean, I, I mean, granted, yes, granted, I, granted I'm, I'm, I could be thinking like way, like way left field. Egypt, but I see what you're saying, but right. I don't, I don't necessarily know because the the military itself doesn't have the ability to have an opinion. Like, just because I've known a right. bunch of guys no, right, like right. in the Navy, um, my ex, one of my best friends. Right, they don't have an opinion Navy. because you they don't have an opinion they, even if follow. someone above you, you follow the guy above you. You fo- but there's also a term there's. There's a term for mutiny. Mutiny does happen. Yeah, but it would have to be on a very large scale. And you think that if if Trump did do how, something, how many people do you think in Vietnam and those troops in the Vietnam followed orders exactly? Oh, definitely not. But they followed orders. Like currently, so here's the thing. Currently, yep. if you fail to register, right? <clears throat> and this hasn't actually been put into practice, or like. Um, no one has actually prosecuted this failure to comply since like 1986. But if you fail to register, it is a felony and mm-hmm. it's punishable up to five years imprisonment and it and or a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. So answer me this: How do they find out if you don't register? I've always wondered that. I, I want to say either the census or now you could be completely off the grid, right? Right. Let's say you're like a 20 year old just ballparking. Yeah. You could be completely off the grid. You don't have to. You don't have to get a license. Let's say you live in New York. You just walk everywhere. Yeah. And you don't have to, um, because there are some things that require you to be enlisted. Like if I want to work for the government. Right. If I want to have a license or a driver's license. Right. If I want federal financial aid to college. I, I have to be registered right, in order to comply with those things. But unless I'm just off the grid and I'm like down with the man and I don't do any of those things, that's possible. But you're still on the census. You've been on the census right. for years. Right. There's no, your parents, you know, said that you live with them. Right. You probably still do because let's be honest, it's 2019. If you're a 20 year old, you're probably still living with your parents or you're living in a dorm that your parents pay for. So... I'm assuming that the government knows where you live or go to college or any of those things. So it's not to say like that you're, I mean, you could be off the grid, but you'd really have to try. You've also probably got a cell phone. You probably also have a Facebook. Like there's, I I doubt that they wouldn't be able to find you. I don't know. Do Do you need an actual valid ID to get a cell phone? In some circumstances, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. You sure about that? I mean, like if I go to, if I walk into Verizon, I need a driver's license of some sort. They need it or a social security number because they have to run my credit. Utility bill? Do I need a utility bill when I walk in there too? Probably. Okay. You probably need a utility bill. Then. Okay. Just yeah. checking. All right. Yeah. They need to know your address. Fair enough. They need to verify. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Not like we work in technology. So we don't. We don't know any of those things. Not at all. But I mean, someone would know that you're that age. Fair enough. Someone would know. But uh, you, you just made me realize this though. Like, I never once questioned when I turned eighteen registering. Like, I literally just, oh, I gotta go do it, and I did it. Yeah. Like blindfully, willingly, I was like programmed for all the stuff I saw growing up. Like, if I didn't, 
how would they have known him? I guess. I mean, I never really once considered that. So, do you think? <clears throat> do you believe that it's a choice or a duty? I know that's a heavy question, but do you think, as an American, do you think you should be able to choose and enlist if you want to, or do you think that men of a certain age should have to? sign up in case there is ever a moment where there's an emergency that you would need to go fight. I mean, that's a, that is a very heavy question. Cause I, mean, I, I don't know how to answer it. I'll, I'll just say that. Right. I don't know how to answer it. Cause in 2016, they considered making uh, women eligible yeah. for the draft. Um, it didn't pass uh, through the Senate, um, but they voted on it and it could have been a potentiality. And I don't know if I don't. I believe that I should have to go do that just because. Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you feel that in order to have the rights of a citizen, one should have to do military service? Do you feel like the rights of the, a rights of citizenship is given to everyone carte blanche, or is it something that's earned by military service? Well, I'll say this, and without sounding like too much of a socialist, I I would like if our country um, had kind of the same ideologies as other countries do, where maybe I could work for the government, whether it be postal service or um, civilian in the Navy, where I could work for them for a couple of years and I would get free college tuition. Okay. So I'm giving back towards what I'm getting out of it. Okay. But I don't necessarily know if I should have to go and fight um and i i believe in equality for women i believe in feminism but i just that's a uh, again a really heavy question i i don't want to have to do that i'll just say that i i I would not be i would not do well in the military i don't like taking orders Mm -hmm. uh i don't like having to be somewhere when someone tells me to do something I'm uh, very independent, so I, I feel like that would be a very big struggle for me, yeah. uh, just personally. Right. So I don't necessarily want to, but that's you know neither here nor there. So I mean, here's the thing: it's a heavy question, and the only answer I can give, I think, would be this: it's something that we don't realize that is presented to us in options until it's actually there. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm gonna date myself a little bit here. <laughs> there was a movie that I saw growing up called Starship Troopers. Oh, I've seen that. You see all that. I love Starship Troopers. You love that movie? Yeah, great movie. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. Right. Do you remember what the Do you remember what the concept was about? Um, it was almost Star Trek ish. Right. They, they, where there is a military. Right. In space, and they if fought. You will. They fought bugs, right? They fought big ass bugs. You're right. Yeah. Right. What was the main perk of being in the military in that movie? Hmm, somewhere to live for free? No. You were considered a citizen if you served. Ah, okay. In that movie, and if you look at it's it... It's been a hot second. I, I, I know, I know, but if you look at that, I mean, believe it or not, I did a little bit of research of stuff going before I came for this. Oh, very nice. Um, and Thank you. this is something that I found, <laughs> like a little nugget of something that I thought was really interesting. If you ever go back and watch that movie, the uniforms are grayish mm-hmm. total gray mm-hmm. um the symbol was like two lightning bolts mm-hmm. um 
you had to serve to be considered a citizen. Mm-hmm. It was very, very SS-ish. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. But it got glossed over because it was a really cool action movie. Yeah. Because like when I just asked you about that, so look in your face, it was like, what did you even know? You were like, oh, oh it, yeah. it kind of clicked. Yeah. yeah. It was a very cold, uh, cult classic. Right. But it's also very, I, I think, I don't want to say, not, not fascist, but no. um, you had to serve in order to be considered a citizen. That's what I feel about. Right. I mean, don't right. get me wrong. I love Star Trek, but no. same. Right. Yeah. Like I put that in the same wheelhouse. Right. But you had to serve the because of the citizen, and it was also very, like, Nazi-ish to an extent. Yeah. Even the book that is based off of kind of was on the impression that this would be a world where the Nazis kind of won. Mm. They kind of made it more PC when they did the movie and stuff. In the actual book, it's a little bit more. Um, of a of a fascist a fascist society, but the whole point of the matter is that in the world you had to serve in order to be a citizen, and there was a lot of great person went along with that. And mm. is serving your country something that's too much to ask for in order to con- be considered a citizen of said country? I don't know. Um, I, I don't I don't want to serve. Right. I've I've I resp- I have friends that are in the military, uh, like, in every level from. Being actually in infantry to my best friend in the world was a helicopter mechanic. My other one was nice. in the Air Force, um, and he, he helped run run the gym. So they, they, they were in the military served, but mm-hmm. different levels of what they've done, and I respect the hell out of that. I'm in the same wheelhouse as you. I don't think I'm built for military life. Right. Um, just the overall... Being told what to do every minute of the day. Lifestyle. Yeah. Yes. That's not something I could be done for. But I most respect for people who have done that. With that being said, I feel like I don't have to serve to be a citizen. I feel like I don't have to serve right. in order to enjoy the, the the fruits of this country as long as I contribute in other ways. And like, like, like you said earlier. So. And a large portion right. of it is being born in the United States too at, at least being an American citizen right. is being born here and then being able Certain to Certain inalienable rights you get just by being here. Exactly. The things our country was founded on. Right. So gun to my head I'd have to say that I feel like you shouldn't have to enlist or be drafted to be considered um, a citizen of the country. If I- the draft came back in effect uh would I, I mean, I've already obviously selected. If I got picked, would I fight in a war that I didn't believe in? Probably not. And I think we have to put our best foot forward, too. And that was kind of the whole thought process, especially after Vietnam to now, right. is that you want people that enlist. You want the people that want to go do that job. You don't want to get someone that, like, I'm not going to be great uh, on the Chicago Bulls. I'm right. terrible at basketball. Right. Um, it, it just why would you put your because there's that whole mindset worst that, person forward that whole mindset you know what I mean? that in, once that person gets there they'll step up right once once or once, just having bodies in general once Johnny gets on the line yeah. Johnny's gonna step up and oh he'll he'll show the world what a true American is and no when Johnny's in that line Johnny's gonna shit his pants yeah and Johnny's gonna get shot and just force in numbers but. Even if you have the numbers, it doesn't necessarily mean the force will be there. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Have you ever seen um, the show The Man in the High Castle? 
I saw the commercial for it. Oh, it's uh, so good. This week, and I know it's on its final season. I know. And I need to catch up. I'm like a season behind. From but what I know, damn, is it good? It's they're now officially addressing alternate realities on it. Oh, interesting. So, no. I would just, I mean, I know the anyone con- that's listening as well initial, as you. I know the initial concept. Yeah, the initial concept is essentially just uh, throwing back to what we were talking about. Um, is if the the Nazis and uh, so if Germany and Japan won right. World War Two, right. um, and I just think that's an interesting concept to should we have to fight because a lot of the times we see America as like we won we always think we won everything even with Vietnam we're like yeah well we won and we got out of there and we helped the like it wasn't necessarily a winning but I mean I still feel like we thought we did something and then we got out. And even though a lot of us don't feel that way, but um, with World War One, World War Two, like we never really were the losers. And I think that well, the, it's the, interesting. Like, what if we had lost? Well, the difference is in World War One and World War Two, there was a definitive winner and loser. Oh, for sure. The yeah. other side literally said, "Okay, we quit. We're good. Yeah, we're out." Vietnam, Vietnam, we just kind of popped in there and, and v- we're v- trying to help squash well, and, communism. And Vietnam was basically like, okay, we Vietnam ended in a ceasefire, I believe. I think so. Vietnam, I believe, ended in a ceasefire. Um, I won't lie about it. There's a lot of Vietnam uh, information. And I there's tried so but, but hard that, but, to like, but, but that's the thing. Up. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like World War One and World War Two, it it was like you said, it was the good war. It was the war to fight because there yeah. was an evil. There was someone doing wrong, and we stood up. After we got kicked in the face, we stood up and said, you know what? No, we're going to step in and take care of this and help mm-hmm. out. And as a global community, we did that. Vietnam, it was a, a totally different beast. It was a different yeah. war, different soldiers, different outcomes, different... There were there, there's cases of PSD after World War II, but the things that happened in Nam, people, people still just don't get past yeah, that was. I mean, I I am not old enough to know about Vietnam. I've never been in Vietnam, and luckily, knock on wood or whatever, this facility desk you have is made out of. It's from IKEA, so I'm pretty sure. It's okay, wood. particle board. So knock on particle board. <laughs> um, my my father, who was old enough, mm-hmm. wasn't actually in Nam, but he was in the military around that time. Um, so uh, Vietnam is is something that's not not a not not something that we we were equipped to deal with then and I don't think we're equipped to deal with the ramifications of it now. Right. Everything ranging from uh, soldiers coming back with not only PSD, PST, PSD, PTSD, PTSD, yes. You're close. Uh, I'm just trying to do PTSD. You, you're close. And, uh, and like Agent Orange with cancer and stuff like that. Right, just, right. Just the things we're not sent to deal with. I mean, um, it's it, you 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 see movies where they glamify, glamorized and uh right. romanticized World War One and World War Two. There ain't never really been a movie like that short of Rambo and Rambo basically was just trying to get revenge. I mean it's not there ain't I mean you're right, even any movie that had Vietnam, I mean even Forrest Gump wasn't romanticized nope. with Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Any movie with Vietnam and <clears throat> showing how people like deer, have you ever seen Deer Hunter? No. Oof. You ever see Platoon? I have, but it's been a really long time. Oof. Yeah. But that's the that's Good Morning the Vietnam. But that Oof. was something. So many, so many Vietnam movies yeah. are just like, oh. But, but that's not something that we. That's not a war we ever fought. A war, a, a war we were ever fought before. And we weren't fighting for us. 
Right. We thought we were fighting for us because of communism, but I honestly think that, like, we weren't, that's why it wasn't, quote-unquote, a good war. We weren't fighting because something had been done to us. We weren't fighting for the greater good of the whole nation. We were just hoping that someone else uh, or communism as a whole didn't become a larger thing. So, I mean... I think that's just a good point to end on, is that... Did we actually answer anything about the draft tonight? I think we did. I think we answered a lot of things. Okay. What'd you learn? What was your most uh, interesting tidbit? Uh, <laughs> that the draft has been around for a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, a lot yeah. longer. A lot longer. Um, yeah. It's been, it's, been, it's been educational. I learned... Uh, more about Hogan's Heroes and uh, MASH than I knew. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm glad I could drop a little knowledge on you. You're welcome. Well, thank you. And I learned uh, your dog really likes me. He does like you. Or at least likes to hump you. He's doing it right now. Yeah, there we go. He's getting on. You need to get out a little bit, buddy. Yeah, he... <laughs> he doesn't see too many people. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, terribly all alone. Some people come over. Fair enough. I had a friend over the other night. He hung out. You know what I mean? That's for the other podcast. We'll talk about That's... <laughs> it was... <laughs> Which other podcast are you talking about? The the History After Dark one you have. So. Oh, History After Dark? Yes. My History? All right. Well, I mean, we can sip my tea, but... All right. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Uh, I appreciate um, everyone dealing with my sabbatical. Um if you want to follow and subscribe, please go to at Sipping Liberty on Instagram. Um, I will be posting some video that we recorded as well. And I'm actually um, trying to become like an ongoing guest. So anything you can say nice about my appearance, I would greatly appreciate. Yeah. Ed would, Ed would love to come back and you're always welcome, Ed. The snacks were amazing. <laughs> we'll also be posting the video on uh, YouTube as well um, through our So About Yesterday uh, website. Um, if you have any questions uh, or you know, would like to give us feedback, please go to sippingliberty at gmail.com and give us a little, little shout out. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, give me some correction corners if you think I messed anything up because uh, I love learning about history and what I could do better. Um, so we will see you next week. Uh, we're going to do a little spooky spook uh Halloween episode with my fabulous friends Rebs and Matt. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And I'll also be on her podcast as well, uh, the Kitchen Table podcast. So we'll give you some more information. Tune into the Instagram. And thank you so much for listening. You guys are fabulous. Mm-hmm.